Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, the post-game one, pre-game two, episode 86. Hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday, and as I will be throughout the playoffs, I am joined by my Newsday teammates, Colin Stevenson and Neil Best. And we're going to take you through the Islanders 4-3 overtime win in game one here in Pittsburgh. And we're going to, going to set up game two, Tuesday night in Pittsburgh. Um, but before we get into that, I, I do need to start here, which is, as I mentioned, I am in Pittsburgh my drum set did not accompany me to Pittsburgh. Oh, darn. So I apologize. It will happen. It just cannot happen on one of these Bing Crosby on the road episodes I'm you, doing here. You didn't uh, check with the hotel to see if they had one there for you? I will say the hotel, it sounded like I was living inside a drum. And maybe it's just because... I have, I'm not, this is my first road trip in 15 months, so I'm not used to this anymore, but there were, there, there's some hockey tournament going in, going on in town and every peewee and youth hockey and midget <laughs> hockey team is staying on my floor and there were just kids running up and down and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm screaming, get off my lawn here, but you know, I'm not used to being kept up because of noise in the house. That's, you know, but Anyway, I digress. Game one. Let's start there. Colin, you uh, you wrote about the goalies, and Ilya Sorokin got the start. Uh, Semyon Varlamov did not dress. Uh, any surprise to you with that, Colin? Uh, yeah. Um, yes, my, a mild surprise. Uh, this is the playoffs, and information gets really, really hard to come by, um, and you can't always believe what you see. Uh, but the but when when Varlamov left the last game uh, after two periods, you knew something was up. It was a few days, and we got word that he, you know he did what did he practiced on Saturday, and he skated on his own on Friday. So you know we didn't think there was going to be a, an issue for him. Uh, but you just never know, and I think the coaches love to play games, and you know um, you know look Barry Trotz doesn't like to tell you whose goalie is going to be. Uh, you know, going in regular season games. So, I mean, if he could really pull a surprise and and throw something, some other wrinkle at at uh, Mike Sullivan and company, I think you know it was a great opportunity for him to do it. And uh, and as he said in, in his post game press conference, you know, they know the that's one thing they know that they have is they have two goals. So if you're gonna, um, you know, why take a chance with one guy uh, as opposed to just playing the other guy and, um, you know, it makes perfect sense to me. And it, uh, it worked out perfectly well for the hours. I think more importantly, they have two goalies and the penguins have none. So, they, <laughs> I mean, the fact that we were all saying before the series that that's a, you know, the, the Islanders have the obvious goaltending edge. Well, after one game, it sure as heck looks that way. Cause the Islanders number two goalie looks better than the penguins number one goalie. But as far as the, the surprise factor, though, this is like a behind the scenes thing I can share with you if anybody cares. On Saturday, I was like 200 words into a Semyon Barlamov column. And I had this like epiphany. I'm like, <laughs> he, he, you know, there's just something about the way the week unfolded. I'm like, this guy's not playing. I got to stop. 
So I just, <laughs> I, am, I, I just cut short my Semyon Varlamov columns. I'll, I'll save this for later in the playoffs because this guy's not going to play. And so at least I made one correct decision so far in the playoffs. I like it, Neil. I like it. I, I, saved, I, I saved those 200 words, though, so I, they are going to appear at some point. <laughs> and, and I'm sure they'll be accompanied by 400 other various words as well. Oh, no, <laughs> that's, that's great. That's 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 veteran. That's a veteran player. Yeah, right I was I was pretty proud of myself today that I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so you guys were on uh, before uh, the last episode, and and in your staff predictions and you know one thing we didn't do in the uh the series preview podcast episode was actually state our our series predictions and uh we did get that in print and you can find that at newsday.com backslash aisles but just to uh review i had the islanders in seven colin you had them in six, six. Yes. yes and you wrote that it was because the Islanders' defense and goaltending was better. And Neil, you had them in six also? I had, them in, I had, I had the Islanders in five. Five. But halfway through the second period today, I was changing it to Penguins in four because the Islanders looked so bad. But yes, I did have Penguins in five. I mean, I, I mean Islanders in five. Right. And, and, and you also said that the Islanders' defense was good enough to – discombobulate any team, including one that has Sidney yeah. Crosby. Well, they certainly had trouble with Sidney Crosby today because he looked really good, at least early on. But, uh, you know, like I said, to me, to me, after watching the, the Penguins goalie situation, I mean, of course, you know, he could bounce back. I mean, it doesn't mean it's over, but I mean, it, the, to, to have something that was that universally sort of considered a, a problem for the Penguins then have, and to have their goalie have that rough of a first game, I mean, that is not what you want if you're Pittsburgh. You know, it's interesting, Neil, because I know, Andrew, you, you, you probably didn't hear the, the commentary. You were, in, you were in the building and you were watching it live. But listening to the NBC commentators, I mean, they were making it out like Jari, you know, yeah, he let up four bad goals, but, you know, he made these incredible, these 37 saves that he made were incredible. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember but, but you think especially memorable about that. You can't give up the goals that he allowed. No, it, you know, this, yeah. That's, I that's, mean, just, just to go through it, I mean, uh, Kyle Palmieri's first goal from the right center, uh, from the right circle, beats him short side over the glove into a yeah. tight space. And that's correct. And then you got J.G. Pajot beats him on an unscreened shot from, from the left circle over his glove. Um, I guess, you know, and I wrote that they were four questionable goals. I guess the one that maybe, I don't know, I don't know how you guys felt about it. Brock Nelson, you know, using a, a, a Penguins defender, sort of a screen, beats, yeah. beats him from the slot. But to me, it looked like the shot went right through uh, Tristan Jarry there, and, and he should have stopped that one. Yeah, I mean, yes. But I, you know, there was a screen, uh, and so, and it was not as far out as, as either Palmieri's or Pajot's. So I mean, I, you know, I'm not gonna say it was four bad goals. That one that, you know, the game winner. Oh, I don't know where that thing went. I mean, you know, he squeezed it through an opening that had to be like, you know, maybe about a millimeter on either side of the pockets. It was crazy. That that I don't, I can't blame him for that because, 
Well, you know, that's that's just a crazy, crazy goal. I mean, it's a sharp angle shot from the right, and Kyle Palmieri threads the needle yeah. and basically gets it over uh, between Jerry's mask and over his left shoulder, as Colin said, into a very tiny space. But again, short side. So, you know, are, are we thinking that Jerry's not protecting his post well enough there? Yeah, maybe, but you know, I, I, again, I don't. That one, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give him a pass on that one because I think that's just, that's just a lucky sort of goal scorer's goal. I, I do think though the first goal and the second goal, uh, are are not good goals. And you asked him, Andrew. You asked Pajot if he was if he was shooting for the high glove there, and I don't think that uh, JG wanted to tell you. Yeah, you know the scouting report says shoot uh, shoot glove yeah. side on this guy. I think he was like, no, nah, I was trying to go five hole, and then I don't know. He ended up. The well, answer, I think at the know. end he said, yeah, of course I'm going high glove. I'm going high glove, but you know he he doesn't necessarily they have a scouting report, and and the first two goals beat the guy high glove. So I'm gonna guess the scouting report says shoot glove side. Well, th this is a good segment to go from the goaltending. Uh, we talk about Kyle Palmieri's two goals. And Neil, in, uh, for your column off game one, you wrote about Kyle Palmieri. And look, this is exactly what Lou Lamarillo and the Islanders and Barry Trotz have been waiting for since they got Kyle Palmieri on April 7th. And, you know, Travis Zajac does not dress for this game. And it doesn't seem like you know, Barry is inclined to get Travis in anytime soon, uh, given the way he's got his line set. But Kyle Palmieri is a very streaky scorer. And if this is the way the playoffs start, this could be, you know, a pretty good omen for how, how it goes for him. Yeah, well, obviously that would be hugely helpful to the Islanders. But even, you know, as, as a journalist, I was thinking today as I was writing that column, it was, it was uh, so, you know, there's so much about what happened today that's just teeing it up for a writer. I mean, you've got, first of all, a guy, you know, born on Long Island, still has ties to Long Island. Then you got the guy who Lou Lamorello makes him shave his beard. He forgets how to score. His beard, his beard comes back now. He's <laughs> then you have the trade, you know, rolling the dice with the trade and it pays off. And then you have, you know, the fact that he struggled to score when he first got here. And now all of a sudden, first playoff game, you know, this, this the switch gets flipped. So there was so much about what happened today. It was a really good story about this guy. And of course, now we'll see if this is a, you know, a one-off or if he can actually make a run here the way Pajot did last year as the big trade day acquisition. Yeah, yeah, Pajot with eight goals in the 22 playoff games in the bubbles last season. Palmieri had two goals in 17 regular season games and, and, and he gets two in, in one fell swoop here. And, and Neil, I think you hit it on the head. We're not going to know how significant Kyle Palmieri's game is today until, you know, game three or four of this series. Well, the other, the other big difference between the two situations, of course, is that Pajot was signed long-term and he's still here. You know, we think Palmieri is, well, he's going to be a free agent. We don't know if he'll be here. So uh, you know, he, he has to, whatever he's going to do for the Islanders, he's got to make it pay right now. At least Pajot was not a, you know, just, he, he was signed to do this for several years. So, but it, it, like I said, just for today, you know, we all, the three of us talked during the game about what we're going to write, obviously, because we have to coordinate. And when that puck went in overtime, I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny, Neil. Because after the first goal, I gave him to you. After the second <laughs> goal, he became mine. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, uh, that's that's how it goes. I mean, you get you get the first pick, lion's share, as it were. <laughs> so they, they win game one, four, three in overtime. And, you know, the, the Penguins, I thought, had the better of the play through the first two periods, or at least through the thir- first 35 minutes or so. Uh, and I, I don't know whether this came out as well on TV, but I know watching the game live at PPG Paints Arena, it was like the Islanders had literally thrown it into sixth gear. They, they were skating at a different speed in the third period than they had been the first two periods. And it, it was very stark watching that live. The passes were connecting. They were getting through the neutral zone. Uh, it, it, it seemed like a different team to start the third period. I, I don't know whether that came off on TV as, as well as it did live. Well, what, what came off was the, the fact that the puck was in the Penguins' end for most of, the, most of that period, and uh, the chances being generated were, were uh, significant. And, and, you know, I, I think ultimately we may have overthought this. I mean, I, I think the Penguins, you know, they have Crosby, they have Malkin, they have Latang and they have questionable goaltending. Well, they didn't have Malkin today. So, you know, I don't know that they got anything out of Latang. I don't know how good they are. We, we, we should spend a minute or so on, on Sidney Crosby, who was easily the Penguins' best player. And he, he might have, I, I know Kyle Palmieri had the two goals, but uh, Sid might have been the best player on, on the ice today. He, he had four shots in the first period. And then that second period goal he scored was just absolutely ridiculous. Brian Dumoulin with a, a, a shot from the blue line. And Sid with one hand, uh, with his right hand on the stick, reaches around Andy Green and somehow deflects it past uh, Ilya Sorokin. I, I thought Sid was really, really good. And that, and that goal tied him with Brett Hull for seventh place on the all-time playoff points list. Uh, I believe that's 190 playoff points for Sid. I mean, if you're, if you're a Penguins fan, at least that's something you can kind of <laughs> pin some hopes to off of today after as bad as Sidney looked in the last time these teams met in the playoffs. Um, the fact that he had such a good game, uh, you know, gives you a ray of hope. If he can keep playing like that, he's going to keep them in these games. Well, with but that- he can't do it by himself, Neil. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm aware it's not, yeah, it doesn't work like basketball and you're saying it's not basketball. Yeah. Well, with, with that, let's take a look ahead to, to Tuesday night, game two at, at Pittsburgh. Now, Colin, you mentioned that there was no Evgeny Malkin in the lineup today and, uh, you know, information is scarce. Um, I, I sort of expected him to play today. So, you know, and, and also on, on the goaltending, it's not like right now the Penguins have anywhere to turn because no. Casey DeSmith, who was sort of, you know, 1A, 1B with Tristan Jerry during the regular yeah. season, DeSmith didn't even, you know, like Semyon Varlamov, he did not dress for this game. Um, and it was Max Lagasse, or however you pronounce his last name. And I apologize to any random Penguins fan listening to this. I do not know how to pronounce the last name of your third string goalie, but Manny legacy. I, I, I was thinking he was. Yeah. But well, the Penguins writers don't know how to pronounce uh, Schneider's name. So, well, that, that is true as well. So game two in Pittsburgh, what, what 
do you what do we need to see better out of the Islanders here? And what do you expect the Islanders are, are going to come out and, and try and do in a game two? Well, I mean, they got to look better than they look. I mean, again, the, yeah, like you said earlier, for the first you know, half the game, they look terrible. So they, you know, you can't afford to play that kind of game, particularly if the goalie starts, you know, not giving up soft goals. Um, you know, the Islanders hardly, you know, demonstrated they're the superior team today. They, there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, but, you know, the Islanders, you know, they, they did what they always do. They showed at the end that they are this sort of gritty, veteran, unflappable team we always portray them as. So um, that saved them today. But you can't keep, you can't do that and just expect to win every night against a pretty good team. I, I know I know one thing. If the Islanders are going to go on and win some more games in this series, the the Nick Letty, Scott Mayfield defensive pairing is has got to be better than what it showed today. I, I know Scott. Uh, I think he blocked. Uh, he he matched. Uh, I think it was Josh Bailey with a team high or a game high five block shots, but he was on in the ice for every Penguins goal. Nick Letty on the ice for two of the three. Uh, Penguins goals and, and and they just did not seem assertive in, in their in their gaps and uh, you know how what, what kind of time and space they were allowing uh, the Penguins coming into the Islanders zone so I, I think that's a, a real question mark heading into game two yeah the, the good thing that you you know it is you, you have the benefit of having a lead so you have wiggle room now that, you know, you have time to figure some stuff out. And, uh, you know, if they're going to go far, um, it's going to be because they get good goaltending and they get solid defense. And if you have one pair that's not getting it done, then that's not, you're not going to go very far, uh, especially against a, a team like the Penguins, which can score. But you can't get ahead of yourself, right? I'm, I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm already in my mind thinking, okay, well, the Islanders are going to win this one. They might win it four now. <laughs> and then uh, and then you know we'll see who they get in the second round but you can't look that far ahead I mean you know I think the bigger question to me Andrew is you know who are the Islanders going to play in goal that is the big question mark that I am wondering about Andrew who are the Islanders going to play in goal well you're the man I will say it like this Sorokin <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I think it's a very interesting decision. I mean, because on the one hand, you just want a playoff game. Sorokin played pretty well. Why would you change? On the other hand, you know, Barlamov's had a better season and has obviously got more, you know, playoff experience. And I, I don't know. I mean, if, if he's 100%, my vote, if he's 100% healthy, is, is I, want, I would put Barlamov in there because you're going you're gonna to need both of them. Get him right in there. You got the lead. Maybe he shuts them out because he shuts everybody out. Uh, and if there's a problem, you can go back to Sorokin. I, I, I would go with Varlamov. I, I would disagree with you. Well, I think Andrew does too, but that's what makes our podcast so compelling. <laughs> but, go ahead. Say why you disagree. I disagree with you because I think, you know, you got a good thing going. This guy played really, really well today. I mean, he didn't just make 39 saves. He made a lot of really good saves that one skate save on Crosby. I mean, he, he, he played pretty, pretty well. And he's, you know, he's won a cup already, right? Not a Stanley cup, mind you, but he's won a cup and uh, you know, in Russia and the KHL uh, and, and was the MVP that year. So I think he can carry you also. Um, so what I would do 
you are going to need to, or you probably are going to need to, but I would just ride him until he has a bad game or he has a so-so game. You know, he doesn't need to have a bad game, but you know, I would ride him until he, you know, until he loses or until he has a game where he says, yeah, he wasn't that great. That's, that's what I would do. All right. Let, let us finish up. Well, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa. What's <laughs> you, you, you have to give the tie breaking vote. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why I said Sorokin. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a vote. That sounds like a question. Well, Neil, remember this. Remember this. No matter what decision Barry Trotz makes here, he can't make a bad decision. Right. Um, fair. I, I mean, my inclination is that he goes back to Sorokin uh, for a lot of the reasons that Colin said. And, you know, look, Semyon obviously has a physical issue. Uh, Barry called it a strain. It's an unspecified strain. It, the, the way he looked uncomfortable coming off uh, the ice uh, in the season finale in Boston, I got to think it has something to do with his legs or groin. He, he looked like he was just trying to flex those out a little bit and he was just a little uncomfortable, but, you know, again, unspecified, it, it could be a, a back issue. It could be one of a million things. I mean, Barry says, you know, the, the Islanders have an optional practice Monday here in Pittsburgh and, you know, uh, Varlamov will, will participate in that. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably go from there, but I agree. I, I, I think you, you put Sorokin back in there, um, you know, until, you know, until he proves that he doesn't have the net. Well, just, all right. But I did, I mean, my asterisk, as I said, if Bar- Obviously, if Varlamov's not 100% physically, that's a different discussion. Well, I think Barry is saying that he will be. Um, but but still, I, I, I sort of... Playoffs, Andrew, you can't, you, can't, uh, you can't expect him to be 100% uh, truthful. I realize I'm just biased in this entire discussion because I want to use my 200 words of... 200. There's many rounds to go, Neil. I know, I know, I know, I know. Those 200 words will see the light of day and they will be the best 200 words you will ever find on newsday.com backslash aisles. Um, let, let us finish this way with kind of a fill in the blank. The Islanders four minute power play today reminded me of. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, this, this is a good challenge. At least it's not a Jethro Toll question. Um, it reminded me of my kids uh, playing around in a, in a muddy sand pit <laughs> near the beach when they were very little. How about that? Uh, Colin, the Islanders' four-minute power play, which I might add, mustered up two shots and spent as much time in the neutral zone and the defensive zone as they did in the penguin zone, remi- reminds me of... The last book that I started reading and decided I didn't want to finish. <laughs> just, there's not, just nothing going on there. Just, just. It reminded me of videos of those guys trying to get on a treadmill and failing and being thrown backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, as bad as that four-minute power play uh, after uh, Brock Nelson was high-sticked uh, uh, by uh, Jeff Carter, uh, there in the uh, in the second period, I believe. Um, as bad as that power play was, the Islanders' penalty kill was a real difference maker in, in this game. Uh, you know, the, the the Penguins' first power play, all two minutes are spent in the 
in the Penguins zone. Sorokin makes that incredible stretching toe save on Crosby. And then the next two Penguins power plays, the, the Islanders, you know, got the puck out of their zone and, and kept the Penguins off the board. And, you know, uh, Barry Trotz said, you know, the real turning point, uh, the, the Penguins are up 2-1. Uh, late in the second period, Andy Green takes a, uh, an interference call. And Sorokin was brilliant on that penalty kill, and the and the Islanders don't give up a goal, and the, that allows them to get to the third period, and it allows them to to have a good period, and for Pajot to, you know, tie the game up at two, and then Brock Nelson to make it three two, and then Kasperi Kapanen to tie it up thirty one seconds later, and we have overtime. But none of that probably happens if uh, the Penguins go up three one in the second period. The interesting thing is they were putting up the graphic and they were saying how good the, the Penguins' power play is, how good the Islanders' penalty kill is, how bad the Islanders' power play is, and how bad the Penguins' penalty kill is. So, you know, you have, like, immovable forces, unstoppable forces beating immovable objects and movable objects being confronted by stoppable forces? I don't know, whatever. You guys watch the broadcast. Does NBC Sports recognize that there are two game, uh, two teams in this series, or was it all Penguins all the time? No. Brendan Burt, what are you talking about? Brendan Burt did the game. <laughs> yeah, it was all Islanders. It was all Islanders? Brendan and AJ worked the game. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> I mean, I'm not suggesting he, did, he was biased toward the Islanders, but, I mean, of course they – you know, it, sometimes it's subtle. Uh, you know, Brendan is is very good at what he does, and he knows how to do a national broadcast versus a local. You know, and play it you know down down the middle. Uh, however, you can always tell when it's a when the announcer works a team's games on a regular basis because AJ and Brendan would throw in, you know, little nuances that they know from watching that team every day versus the Penguins that you know they they've done their that they prepared. They know the Penguins, but there's just obviously more you know about the team you see every day. All right. So that was my media writer contribution. To this. Yeah, I, I put that on a on a you know a slow curve uh, a softball there for you. Well, I mean the Penguins are obviously a, more of a national team than the Islanders are, but but yeah, I mean when NBC throws Brendan and AJ on the game, it's like I think the Islanders fans are taken care of. <laughs> you know the, the the funky thing about it is during the regular season, the Islanders are not New York's team. But now all of a sudden you get to the playoffs, the Rangers aren't there, and guess what? Now all of a sudden the Islanders are New York. They're not the Islanders. Like, you know, in the regular season it's, you know, New York is the other team. But, you know, NBC did hate the Islanders less than normal this year because they got more of those NBCSN games than they normally would get. Obviously it's the last year of that whole thing. But, um, you know, I did, obviously they're still not a big national team, but I do think they've – They've had the same cast of characters long enough now, particularly when you throw Lou and Barry into the mist, that I do think, you know, hockey fans across North America are at least familiar with this team now. Yeah, and I, and I suspect they will become even more of a national story once UBS Arena at Belmont Park opens next season. But we can, we, it seems like we're going to have, well, at least, uh, you know, uh, at least three more games in this series uh, to talk about this and then possibly another series. And uh, 
That was Colin Stevenson, who is Newsday's Rangers writer. You can find him on Twitter at Colin S. Newsday and Neil Best, uh, Mr. Media at Sportswatch, and fine hockey columnist, football columnist, baseball columnist, uh, any other kind of columnist, Neil? I try to avoid the baseball. We don't. We try. We don't. Don't mention that. You'll give the editors ideas. But uh, but definitely football and hockey. Yes. All right, football slash hockey columnist. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, men. Thank you so much for uh, helping me put this together. And we will be back after game two with a game two review and a game three preview. Until we get back to you after game two. Happy hockey, everybody.